Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. COVID-19 can increase the risk of Alzheimer's death in older adults. Now that we are over two years from the start of the pandemic, more studies looking at the effects of COVID-19 on the body are being published and shedding some light on the aftermath of this virus. Remember when they said it was just nothing but a flu? Oh, uh, it's just a little flu, right? Just a little cold. Just a little right, cold. just a little cold. A new study recently published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease has found that people 65 years and older who have had COVID are more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease within a few years after their COVID diagnosis. Just nothing but a little cold, right? Oh my gosh, that makes me so sad. My goodness. This study consisted of over 6 million adults over the age of 65 who had no prior diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. They were then broken up into two cohorts consisting of people who had contracted COVID-19 and those who had not. The cohorts were age and sex matched, meaning people of similar ages and those of the same sex were compared to one another between both groups to account for variables such as age and gender. The results of the study found that there was a significantly increased risk of developing Alzheimer's disease in the group consisting of adults who had contracted COVID compared to the group of adults who had not. In fact, the risk of developing Alzheimer's roughly doubled over a one-year period following a COVID infection. More specifically, the highest risk was seen in women and those who were over the age of 85. Alzheimer's disease is the most common form of dementia, the fifth leading cause of death for adults over 65. The exact cause of Alzheimer's has puzzled doctors and researchers for the past few decades, and there are many factors that contribute to the development of the disease. Dementia, including Alzheimer's disease, are known as neurodegenerative diseases because of the etiology or the source of the disease, the set of causes or manner of the causation of the disease and the condition is as a result of the degeneration of brain cells in particular regions of the brain. In this case, Alzheimer's disease, this degeneration occurs in many parts of the brain responsible for memory. Ultimately, Alzheimer's is fatal, and as of yet, there's no known cure. The researchers from the studies are saying it's hard to tell whether COVID-19 is triggering the development of Alzheimer's or if it's accelerating its emergence. Wow. But since they know that COVID has effects on the brain, especially by causing inflammation, which Dr. Derry has talked about is the bane of our existence, they wanted to see if there was an association with Alzheimer's disease. And based on the results, there is. The findings from this study have contributed important information regarding the effects of COVID and its potential long-term consequences. There have been many reports of memory challenges of younger adults as well. So we look forward to more studies with a similar design, which look at younger cohorts. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see is there's a risk that we're going to see that it's the same even for younger individuals, uh, which again, yeah. 
we still don't know if that's triggering the Alzheimer's or if it's accelerating the emergence. But as you mentioned a moment ago, Hope, inflammation is the major bane of the human being's existence. It's mm -hmm. simultaneously the only tool that we have to fight kind of insult, whatever that may be, from a heart attack to an infectious disease to cancer, mm -hmm. we respond with inflammation. Here in this case, we're seeing what happens if there's an infection in the brain. Of course, mm -hmm. there's going to be inflammation as a result of that. And as a result of that, what then happens? You know, it's, it's you know, talking about the brain <laughs> and talking about some of these things are really fascinating. And, you know, kind of one of the big setbacks in, in American scientific uh, ingenuity has been the lack of collection of taxes. So because we are such a low tax society, and personally, I think paying taxes is patriotic, but there are a lot of people who don't pay taxes. Well, you know, when we were a much more high tax society in the 50s, 60s, 40s, or what have you, scientific innovation was happening all over the place because that money would eventually funnel its way into these large academic centers, which would then choose grants based on, you know, the best a science that's out there. But now working as a research physician is almost impossible to do because we are such a low-tax society now. And as a result of that, our innovations are going to be completely hampered. Uh, and in a previous story, we read about how we are like 46 out of 190 countries in terms of life expectancy. Well, we're going to be on that sort of list as well in terms of medical innovations that are coming from the US at some point as eventually the researchers who do these sorts of studies aren't going to have the money to be able to do this. You know, we have a saying here in Louisiana, you know, that we tend to be the the bottom of every good list and the top of every mm -hmm. bad list. And I'm now starting to see America is becoming that as well. Yeah. You know, when we when we did that earlier story on life expectancy, it occurred to me that we are starting to move into this position as a country that are we are now starting to top all the bad lists that exist, and we're starting to be, you know slowly get to the bottom of all the good lists that are out there. And, and so I have one thing to say: go vote, 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 vote. New research says we could use synthetic material to repair cartilage. New Atlas reports that an experimental new biohybrid material could be used to repair damaged cartilage in your joints. When cartilage is damaged around the joints, it takes a long time to heal. Sometimes it doesn't heal at all. So in the past, scientists have tried to find ways to develop artificial cartilage to aid the healing process or to replace damaged cartilage. But it's really hard to develop artificial cartilage because it has to be flexible enough to bend with your joint and sturdy enough to bear weight. So attempts to make synthetic cartilage using natural polymers like collagen or purely synthetic substances, they've all failed. But researchers at Cornell combined two and saw success. They created a biohybrid cartilage using natural collagen fibers and synthetic hydrogel. 
Each ion in the gel is both positively and negatively charged. So when the two substances are mixed, the ions in the gel interact with the ions in the collagen in a way that mimics the flexible and resilient nature of cartilage. So these findings are very promising for joint recovery. Not only could it help to replace damaged cartilage, it could also help to bolster natural cartilage regrowth. The researchers hope to run trials so that their biohybrid material can be used in medicine. You know, Hope, so this is really interesting. The one thing they did not comment on that I would love to see is whether or not this is a substance that's not rejected by the immune system. Mm-hmm. Did they say they've tested it yet? Have it, has it been in clinical trials yet? No, I think it's just been developed. Uh, yeah. So certainly interesting and something for us to follow up on. Yes. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefuzzleshow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.